grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for consideration is found recorded. It is the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 20, verses 1 through 16. I open with these words from our text. But he answered one of them, Friend, I am not being unfair to you. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give the man who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. This is the word of the Lord. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, we are now less than a month away from both local, state, and national elections. And of course, the rhetoric is certainly picking up as one candidate will speak against another. And then to hear this past week that the President of the United States came down with coronavirus, tested positive, as well as his wife. And several of his close staff members are we're now hearing, have come down with the coronavirus. And then we hear that in some states, the number of cases of coronavirus has been going up, and, and listening to the news, oh, people, I believe, are struggling with trying to weigh what is news and what may be fake news. Let us take a moment this morning to actually kind of get away from all the turmoil that seems to be going on in the world and take a moment to dip our toes into the refreshing waters called God's Holy Word. And as we do so, let us consider the beautiful parable that Jesus taught his disciples that had to deal with what is right. What is really right? And as we consider this parable, this earthly story with a heavenly meaning, as we consider this parable that actually opens up the door of heaven and lets us look into the mind of God and to hear how God says what is right, as we do so, we hear the landowner obviously speaking about God himself. A landowner who, whose vineyard was now ready for harvest. And so he goes and hires men to work in his vineyard. Now he finds these men at the marketplace and these would be seasonal workers. <coughs> and so this was not unheard of even today. Much of the crops that need to be picked by hand, well, the farmer will hire out seasonal workers. And these seasonal workers that are coming to work in the vineyard agreed to be hired for a denarius. A denarius was one coin that was worth a day's worth of wages. It was considered a, a, a fair price. 
for working for one day. And keep in mind that the day was not an eight-hour day of working. They actually started at six in the morning and worked six at night, six days a week. Of course, on the seventh day was the Sabbath. So this landowner was not cheating these gentlemen, and they agreed to work for that. And so out in the vineyard they went. When it was the third hour, which means 9 o'clock in the morning, he went again and found workers not working. He invited them to come and work in his vineyard and told them that he would pay them what is right. There was no discussion concerning how much, only what is right. When the sixth hour came, well, that would be 12 noon. He once again does it. And men come working in his vineyard, knowing that the pay will be right. And then came the ninth hour, three o'clock in the afternoon. And once again, men came to work in his vineyard. This, this landowner finally went at the 11th hour, one hour before quitting time. <laughs> and found men still not working because no one had hired them. Once again, he invited them to come and work in the vineyard. Now comes the end of the day. And by the way, it was law at that time that the worker always got paid at the end of each day. And so the landowner, following the law, did just that. But he started with the last of them, and then he would pay the first ones. And starting with the last ones, ones that only worked an hour, he gave them a whole denarius, a whole day's worth of wage. And he did it for all the others. And then the, when it came to the first, he also gave them a denarius because that's what was agreed upon. But they started to grumble. They complained. We worked all day. We, we, we suffered the, the heat of the day. And clearly should have received more. And that's how they looked at it. If they only had to work one hour for that coin, we should get more coins. Because we've done more. And they grumbled and complained against the landowner. See, they felt it was unfair. And of course, what is unfair automatically means is not right. This landowner was wrong as they saw it. Now let's apply these words to Christianity in general. Do we find ourselves perhaps feeling the same way, that God is not always fair? And if God is not fair, then that means God is not always right. Look at all the things that we do in our lives. And we try to keep God's law. And we try to be a good Christian. And we try to, and we try to do things. Maybe being tempted to think, because I'm doing these things, God now owes me. And God better bless me. He better grant me success. He better give me salvation because I deserve it. I've earned it. I don't know how many times in, in my life as a pastor 
when I have asked my catechism children or youth concerning how are you saved, I always ask it on the first day. Because I know that I'm going to be giving them the answer as, as we teach the Holy Scriptures to them. And I can honestly say that pretty much nine times out of ten, I will have kids that will answer, go to church. And what always blows my mind is it always comes from those whose parents are not coming to church. And yet, they know that they should go to church. They see, they see that salvation is won for us by simply following that third commandment. See, I did the work. I go to church. I sing those hymns. I put the money in the collection plate. Therefore, I must be going to heaven. I deserve to go to heaven. And how tempting it is to grumble and complain that God is unfair if he doesn't take us to heaven. Because if it's unfair, then that means it's not right. And I can't even tell you the number of times I've had people that would start a Bible review class with me, maybe even considering membership here, here at Salem. And partway through, we'll even quit the class. Because I went to the class, I learned about this Jesus, and, and, and my life didn't get better. And they grumble and complain. What were, it's not really worth learning about Jesus if I'm not going to get the success I believe I deserve. Or if terrible things happen in my life, all I'll do is I'll pray more. That's it. And if I pray more, and I really mean it this time, see, then God will have to answer that prayer and answer it the way I want. Because if he doesn't, that would be unfair. And what is unfair is simply not right. That's what the workers were saying. That's what they were believing. And when you really consider what is right and what is fair for us, when you consider that we are sinful human beings who have done sinful things, who have to cry out, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. In fact, we can't even get through a day, let alone a moment, without even having sinful thoughts and sinful desires and let alone doing sinful things. What we deserve and what is fair is for God to condemn us and to hate us and to reject us eternally in hell for Satan and his evil angels. So be careful in complaining that God is unfair and therefore God is not right. So what is right? What is Christianity really about? Is it simply following a bunch of rules and laws and then God will forgive me of my sins and take me to heaven? That's not Christian at all. So what is? What is right and fair? The landowner said, friend, I'm not being unfair to you because they had agreed on the price. He gave them. He didn't cheat them. He didn't rob them. They looked at it as they were being robbed. But what they didn't see 
was actually the big picture. What they didn't see is this landowner was actually a man who was generous and wanted to be generous to everyone. doesn't mean the others he wasn't generous with. That was a denarius, a fair day's wage. But he also wanted to be generous to the others. And since it is his money, does he not have the right to do with what he wants with his money? The last will be first, and the first will be last. My dear friends, Christianity is not about following a bunch of rules. It's really about recognizing and believing and trusting in the generosity of your God. And God has been very generous to us. When we gather together for church and we gather together for worship, uniting our voices and hearts and singing all praise and glory to the Lord, hearing his holy word and responding even with offerings and a collection plate, we don't do so because we're earning God's favor. We do so out of love for everything that God has given us. And we do have a generous God. A God who oh, left the glories of heaven to take on human flesh to be our substitute. The very God who took our place and suffered the punishment that we deserve, and that's hell itself, so that we do not have to suffer under God's wrath and condemnation. A very Savior who shed his blood and won for us the forgiveness of sins. A very Savior who conquered death and rose again with the promises of life after death. We can't pay for those. God paid for those and gave them to us as a free gift and then invites us to believe it which is also another free gift of God. As the Holy Spirit works in our hearts, always testifying of the Savior, we have a generous and beautiful God who blessed us with the sacrament of baptism, where with water in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we receive the name of God and all the promises that are connected to that holy name. And the promises of forgiveness, new life, and eternal salvation. We do not come up to receive baptism because it's simply a good Christian work to do, because it'll please God, and then he'll have to owe us because we did this work. No, this is God's work, and God blessing us. And yes, even blessing a little itty-bitty child as the Holy Spirit works the miracle of faith through baptism in even that precious soul. And even the Lord's Supper, which we will now partake of this morning. Do we come because this is simply a good work we do? Because this will earn us God's favor and then God must owe us? Or are we coming to the Lord's Supper because this is God's work among us? And for us, as we receive the forgiveness of sins and the assurance that with sins forgiven, 
heaven is our home. See, we do not live for the Lord in order to try to earn anything. We rejoice in the Lord who's earned it all for us. And therefore, it is out of thankful love that we respond in love. And yes, because of his generosity, we shine in generosity even towards one another. This is what Christianity is really all about. And this is what I fear the world continually misunderstands as religion is so often driven by works and by man's works and then man demanding what God must do for him because God owes me when God owes me nothing but has blessed me with everything. For there is nothing greater in all the world than forgiveness and eternal salvation. So it is with believing hearts that we live to the glory of our Lord, responding to his generosity, and do so with those most beautiful words that I pray you pray every day. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.